This is Sophie Dawson from sophiedawson.com and this is episode 49 of the Sophie Art Podcast which is a little podcast I do about art and things and this one is going to be about the things it's just a little experiment I'm going to do I'm going to try a 48 hour fast which is not eating anything for 48 hours and what I'm going to do on this podcast is Every like six hours or something, I'm going to record a little bit of audio and then stick it all together at the end just to sort of see what it was like to not eat anything. So that's what the main topic is. And before I get into it, I'll talk a little bit about why I'm doing it and some of the stuff I've noticed, like the benefits of doing it. But that's the main topic. We've also got the little art tip, which is about blending realistic pencil drawings got the book book which is the twits by Roald Dahl and got the fascinating fact which is about sweating and it's to do with like fasting so that's what's coming up you can find show notes and everything at sophielawson.com and you can also find videos at youtube.com slash sophielawson and I recently did another video looking at a character design quarterly magazine and this one was issue one it was actually quite a fun issue so you can find that on youtube there's a couple of little things i wanted to start off with before getting to the main topic so got a few emails this week one of them was from marty and when i tried to reply it didn't work for some reason and i don't know how because i tested all the forms on the website and you can't send a message unless you put in an email address but for some reason it didn't include your email address so I wasn't able to reply to it but I just wanted to say I have bought a pop filter so hopefully there's an, it might improve the pop poppiness but I don't think I don't think it has I, I tested it a little bit and I think there is still popping going on so but I did try so that's that. I wanted to follow up on last week. I said that there was this. I told about an embarrassing story of um, when I got caught naked in the passage outside my room because I live in a shared house. And I actually saw I saw the bloke a few days later because what happened was I went out naked to go to the toilet, and he quick he, like in that little five seconds he caught me. I felt really embarrassed, but it was also quite funny. So I said like sorry about the other day and he just he laughed it off and said he said it's a factor of life and he said he said I'm sure you'll see me naked at some point <laughs> which I thought was quite funny so in that way it doesn't matter so I just wanted to put that in there because I thought it's a nice little ending to that sort of story <laughs> so that is that but also wanted to talk a little bit about holotropic breathwork still because that, that is still really insane. It's been probably three or four weeks now, and it's still just like really exploding with the sexual energy. And I had a little thought the other day, because two days ago I had, this is maybe a little bit rude, but I just wanted to talk about it. So I had an erection, and it was so like strong that it actually hurt. And I've never, ever, ever felt like that before. And it felt like it was going to rip. <laughs> Which I know that's a bit weird, but that's what it felt like. And like I say, it was just so... It was so... That was the most uncomfortable it's ever been. And what I've realised is... What I think it's doing... I feel like this is like a little challenge. It's, it's as if the holotropic breathwork is making me sit with that sort of uncomfortable feeling to realise that I, if I can just accept it instead of acting on the feeling, if I can just accept it, it will go away and also it will be so powerful to know that you were able to sit with a feeling like that and sort of not not be distracted by it because I sort of see it as if it's it's like a sort of a it's like a temptation. It's it's a really powerful temptation. And are you gonna are you gonna succumb to the feeling, or are you gonna be able to just let it be? 
so that and I haven't been able to at the moment so that's what I think that's doing and it kind of links in with this fasting thing so this 48 what I'm going to do is I'm going to do a 48 hour fast it started five hours ago but, but for me I think it's going to be more of a mental thing because I think your mind is going to start saying you're hungry you need to eat something and it's going to be like can can I can I not be tempted to eat something which kind of it feels a bit like that holotropic breathwork thing it's like am I going to be tempted by the feeling basically or can I mentally overcome it so for me it's it's kind of like a it's, it's a mental challenge but I've I started it at half five this morning, it's now ten o'clock, so it's four and a half hours, and I did a little bit of research yesterday, and it turns out that there is a lot of health benefits to doing it, but I thought what I'd do is start by saying what I did, what I ate yesterday and stuff, and how I'm finding it at the moment. So, last night I ate a family-sized apple pie and custard, <laughs> so I had like two bowls of it, it was delicious but I ate it knowing that it was going to be like the last thing I ate and then this morning I had a bowl of cereal and an apple and that is it and the only thing I've had since is hot chocolate and some water and all I'll be doing all I'll be having for the next two days is water and the odd hot chocolate but it's already been a little bit weird because when I finish work I normally eat an apple on the way home so today I didn't have that apple and it, it felt a little bit weird because that apple is like a treat because I, I like I look forward to eating the apple on the way home so that was a bit weird and then when I got in I noticed I had this urge to just go and reach for my because I've got like a, a bowl of raisins and some peanuts and I just found myself wanting to like throw some peanuts in my mouth even though I wasn't really hungry it's kind of like something I just I got into so already I'm sort of realize I'm sort of noticing little habits I guess that I'm just doing without even thinking about it but I am really most interested is to see if it affects my dreams because I've heard I think Robert Wagner he said or some it might have been Charlie Morley somebody said they recommend not to eat before sleeping to increase chances of lucid dreaming but I've always I've always found if I eat something I seem to have more lucid dreams so I'm going to be it's going to be interesting to see if my dreams are affected by not eating anything I'm also interested to see what it feels like physically to not eat something for 48 hours it's it's just I've never done anything like it before so I'm just quite interested to see how the body feels like I said I want to know what the mind is gonna get up to I'm really fascinated to see what sort of lies the mind is gonna start throwing out there because I know it will start saying stuff like it, it doesn't matter just eat something so I'm gonna be really paying attention to what my mind is saying and I'm also interested to see what effect it has on meditation if anything especially that holotropic breath work. The main thing I'm nervous about really is going to work tomorrow morning because it'll, be it'll be 24 hours tomorrow morning and I imagine when I'm working it's probably going to be, that's when it's probably going to be the most uncomfortable because I have noticed that if I'm working and I'm hungry I sort of get that feeling of like feeling like I'm going to be sick so I'm, I'm interested to see what what it feels like to be working and being really hungry but I'm also a little bit nervous about that and this is a little bit of a sort of social anxiety type thing but I've always had this little thing if I'm ever in a waiting room or something and I'm hungry I get really self-conscious of my belly potentially rumbling <laughs> and so like tomorrow morning if I'm waiting for the shop to open up and there's other people there. If my belly starts rumbling, I'm going to be a little bit like anxious about that. So that's something I've already noticed. That's the sort of little worries I've got about it. 
but I thought what I would do is I would look at there's a, a website I'll put links in the show notes but it says something about how Mohammed Gandhi did a protest where he didn't eat anything for 21 days which I found quite interesting because I was looking into how long can you eat how long can you survive without eating and it was going to be the fascinating fact but I found a several one which I thought was even more fascinating but on this little article it says that they've, they've worked out that it appears as though humans can survive without any food for 30 to 40 days as long as they're properly dehydrated or <laughs> as long as they are properly hydrated which I found that I thought that was quite amazing but if we go on to this other article which is at healthline.com it's got 10 little facts which I thought were really interesting so the first one when you fast insulin levels drop and the human growth hormone increases your cells also initiate important cellular repair processes and change which genes they express but the second one is intermittent fasting can help you lose weight and belly fat number three intermittent fasting can reduce insulin resistance lowering your risk of type 2 diabetes number four intermittent fasting can reduce oxidative stress and inflammation in the body this should have benefits against aging and development of numerous diseases number five intermittent fasting may be beneficial for heart health number six Fasting triggers a metabolic pathway called autophagy, which removes waste material from cells. Number seven, intermittent fasting may help prevent cancer. Number eight, intermittent fasting is good for your brain. That's good. It says intermittent fasting may have important benefits for brain health. It may increase growth of new neurons and protect the brain from damage. Number nine. Intermittent fasting may help prevent autism disease. And then the final one, it says, Intermittent fasting may extend your lifespan, helping you live longer. That's basically it. And I thought, I'm not too fussed about the health benefits, but it was, I just found it really fascinating how not eating anything seems to be good for you. Because I, I would have thought not eating anything is actually not good for you. But then I thought about it, and it feels a bit like if you've got your computer, and if you just leave it and you don't do anything, and you just keep using the computer, but you're not like looking after it, it gets clogged up with data and it slows down. So then every so often you have to do like a defrag. If you haven't done it for ages, it takes ages, but what it does is it sorts all the data out, and it speeds up the computer. So I was thinking like maybe when you're fasting, you're sort of doing the same thing, you're like sorting out all of the data inside of you and just like speeding up your <laughs> speeding up your body. I thought that was just a, quite an interesting little observation really. So right now I'm going to go to six hours in the future and see what's happening. So it is now three o'clock on day one and so it's nine and a half hours since I started and I'm about to go to bed and I'm going to do some reading and then go to sleep so this will be the last one for today and try and do another one tomorrow morning just before work but so far I've started feeling hungry or started thinking about food a lot and I've been thinking I just keep I just keep, keep getting this feeling of wanting to go and get something to eat like an apple or some grapes or something my belly's started rumbling as well um, I'm feeling I'm feeling quite lazy I do feel just a little bit out of it really I did my I just did my meditation and I, I feel like I fell asleep during it but I'm not sure but I think I did so at the moment I'm not hungry but I am thinking about food and I think it's probably gonna. I'm gonna be interested to see what it's like when I go to sleep in a moment. But it was quite funny because I bought some Easter eggs for like my family, 
and I've just started looking at those Easter eggs, thinking about opening one, <laughs> but I'm not going to, but it's just suddenly everything seems really taste like just I'm quite hung I'm I'm not hungry but I'm thinking about food. It's quite weird. So nine and a half hours, belly rumbles, feel thinking about food and feeling quite lazy. Um so that's it. Also I keep forgetting to drink. Because because I'm not eating anything I've got to drink lots more than what I normally do. I just keep forgetting to drink. So I'm have a drink now. That water, it does taste quite nice. So it's now five o'clock in the morning. So it's basically 24 hours since I started. And I'm still not really that hungry, which is a bit weird. I'm more thirsty than hungry. So what I thought I'd do is I'd quickly talk about what it was like last night before going to bed, what it was like during the night sleeping, and then what it's like in the morning. So last night before going to bed, I realised that I like the feeling of the belly rumbling. I, I like the feeling of it. I don't know. I don't know why. It's just it feels quite nice. But then I, it got me thinking: Why does the belly rumble? So I'm, actually, I'm going to quickly search online and find out why does the belly rumble. And being, I'm going to be interested to see what it says. So this is what it says at the very top of a Google search. Causes of abdominal sounds. The abdominal, the abdominal sounds you hear are most likely related to the movement of food, liquids, digestive juices and air through your intestines. When your intestines process food, your abdominal may grumble or growl. So that's all it is, it's just processing of food. Hmm. I was just I thought about that last night. Why does the belly rumble? So before I went to bed I drank two litres of water and yet I still felt really thirsty. And that's the thing, I haven't been that hungry, I've just been really, really thirsty. I thought it was gonna I thought I was gonna struggle to get to sleep. Because I thought I'd be lying in bed thinking I'm really hungry. But when I when I lie down to get to sleep I actually went straight to sleep and I also I had a really long sleep I think I had it was 10 or 11 hours sleep and I was able to sleep through the whole thing so again that's quite surprising because I thought being hungry would stop me tr sleeping but I was just I was able to sleep really soundly which is nice I had loads and loads of dreams very dreamy type dreams and every time I woke up to write down my dreams, I was able to just go straight back to sleep. Um, where again, I thought maybe I would be lying in bed thinking about food, but I wasn't. What is funny is I had two dreams about food. One of them I can't remember, but I can remember dreaming about food, but I can't remember what it was. But the other one, which I was able to write down, I was outside work eating a bag of spicy crisps and my boss turned up and she was moaning about the smell of these spicy crisps <laughs> it's very i thought that was funny when i started writing that one out but that's it so this morning twenty did you hear that that's my belly rumbling that's the one thing i'm a bit concerned about is i've got to go to work in like 30 minutes and I think this is probably going to be the hardest part of this challenge, is going to work. So it's, I can't wait to see what it's going to be like. But So my dreams were very dreamy. I had lots of like, inspirational dreams. And, um, but there was no... Well, what did happen was I had, I had a couple of dreams where I realised I was dreaming, but I didn't really... Well, I didn't. I didn't realise I was dreaming, but I realised that I 
I was thinking about dreaming. So one of them, I, I was crawling through this little, I was crawling through this little tunnel thing, and I thought, this is a bit weird. And instead of thinking, am I dreaming, or realizing I was dreaming, I turned around inside of the dream and said, I bet I end up dreaming about this later when I go to sleep. <laughs> so it's quite weird how you can dream about dreaming within a dream. Something else I've noticed as well is I keep having this thing where like 30 minutes after I've woken up I will I'll remember a dream but I'll remember a dream as if it's a memory and at first I'll think I'm remembering a memory and then all of a sudden I'll realise that isn't a memory it's actually a dream so that happened just, just about 20 minutes ago that happened and it's something that's been happening a lot lately so it's just a little observation but in terms of this challenge I've got a very dry mouth and since I've started since I've been sat in this chair my belly has started sort of um, aching I guess but I'm not hungry so that's the main thing I've got at the moment is I'm surprised how hungry I'm not and it's gonna be really interesting to see how the next 24 hours go but I am quite enjoying this so, and also I've got to keep remembering to drink water I think when I woke up this morning I had it must have been about half a litre of water but I still feel really thirsty and I've got a very dry mouth so it's going to be an interesting day at work I think 24 hours in lots of belly rumbling going on at the moment ever since I was sat up when I was lying down it was fine um, but like I say as I've since I've sat up, bellies, it's as if I've woken up the belly. 27 hours. I've just finished work and got back in. And I thought I'd do a little thingy-majig about what's, what it's been like. So, I was a bit surprised, but I wasn't, I still wasn't hungry. So I've managed to go to work and not be that hungry. My belly wasn't even rumbling that much. So... It, I think it, it didn't rumble at all really, I can't remember it rumbling, so it's surprising and I've been, I'm really surprised at how not hungry I am and I normally eat a bowl of cereal every day, a few apples, some grapes, a main meal which is normally something like rice, cauliflower cheese grills and I have peppers, tomatoes and some vegetables or some baked beans <laughs> and then I, I always have like something at night time as well like a bowl of noodles stuff like that pasta so I it's not like I don't eat stuff but I'm just not hungry and it's it's making me it's making me wonder whether most of the time we are eating for the sake of eating so I, I feel like I'm hoping actually that this might change the way I eat so what I do at the moment is I come home from work and I spend about an hour and a half eating, like cooking my dinner and eating and stuff. And then I'll try to do my art. But I've noticed that after eating, it's quite hard for me to jump straight into my art. Because when I'm eating, I'm normally watching something like an anime or something on YouTube. And so I'm, I find it a bit hard to take myself away from that. So I'm wondering now whether what I could do is... The fact that I don't have to eat, because I always thought I had to eat after work, but like I don't, so what I could do now is come home from work and go straight into art, which I think would be a lot easier, and also you could use the food as like a treat, so you could say, once you've done three hours of art, then you can treat yourself to like your dinner, so it might work really good, I hope that I can put that in. There was one thing that was funny about being at work because I'm a cleaner and I clean a, a shop like a little supermarket so I was cleaning all the aisles and I found myself going down the sweet aisle with all the chocolates and biscuits and stuff and that was the only one moment when I started feeling hungry because I was, I was looking at the chocolate digestives and I don't those biscuits have never looked so tasty and that was the only time that I felt hungry and then after that I was perfectly fine it's 
I honestly don't. If I was thinking, if I if somebody if I was to jump into this body right now, and somebody had told me that I'd just eaten a meal, I would believe them, because like, I just don't feel hungry, and it's it's really surprising me. But um, there's a couple of other things. Something I've noticed is I've, my eyes are slightly aching. So I don't know why that why it would do that because I had like loads of sleep. But so I'm wondering whether like a little eye ache is somehow linked to not eating. I also, whilst I was at work, I remembered the other dream. So I said that there was two dreams related to food. The other one, what had happened was I, I'd been work, I'd been cleaning in the dream. I'd been working, and I'd like walked out the walked out of the job and quit my job. And I was walking down the street. And I walked past this shop and I thought in dream about going into the shop and stealing a load of food. But then I thought, that's that's not very nice. So I didn't do it. But that was the other moment where I was thinking about food in the dream. Um, and then what that made me think about as well, it's like unrelated, but ever since I started tracking my dreams in my dream diary, what I've noticed is that I would say about 50% of my dreams are just really mundane, boring dreams where all I'm doing is I'm at the day job cleaning. So, and that goes back to what I said earlier, it's like some of these dreams, they pop into my head like memories because they are so normal. So it's just really, that's just, again, something else I've observed and it, it makes me like think you could so easily... I could so imagine you basically thinking your life has been your life when it was actually a dream because it just feels like so mundane and I only noticed that since I started writing my dreams in my dream diary so because before that the only dreams I ever remembered was the really weird ones so that's another little observation there was something else I thought about is because when I went down that food aisle and I started it was like the food was tempting me. I remembered something I did just before I started this little challenge, which I didn't talk about. But what I did was, so, like, my f I got a food bowl with all my apples and stuff in. And then I got, a, like, a shelf unit with all my food in. So what I did was I turned that shelf unit around so that if I want to get into it to get to the food, I've got to move the unit around. So, and I also put, a, like, a little bowl on top of my food bowl my fruit bowl so it's now there's like a barrier between me and the food so that was just something I did and I think it was quite a good thing to do because like yesterday when I had that urge to get some peanuts it's just like a it's another way of making it a little bit harder to eat so I, I remembered that as well and pretty much that's it really so 27 hours in the main thing I'm noticing is that I'm not that hungry and it, it, like I said, it makes me wonder whether we're eating for the sake of eating most of the time. There's one thing that I haven't stopped. And what it is, is um, every day when I finish work. Oh, that was another thing. Walking home from work today. Again, I didn't have my apple. That is the one moment where I miss food. Because I love eating the apple. It's, it, I almost like look forward to eating the apple. And it sort of gets me through the job is thinking about eating the apple. I know, it's, I know it sounds silly, but I do miss that apple. So I think the first thing I'm going to eat tomorrow, when it gets to the 48 hours, I think I'm going to eat an apple. I'm either going to eat an apple or a bowl of cereal, because bowl of cereal is my favourite food. I think I'm going to eat a bowl of cereal. I've been quite looking forward to that. Um, but one thing I haven't stopped is my hot chocolate. And like the apple is a little treat, walking home from work hot chocolate is my little treat when I get in so I have one hot chocolate every day and I, I only allow myself one hot chocolate because I think if I keep drinking hot chocolates I could easily drink hot chocolate every day like loads of times during the day but I think if I kept drinking hot chocolate it wouldn't be as special so when I come home from work I look forward to my hot chocolate and I'm so this is my hot chocolate time and I thought I'd have a sip on the podcast. <sighs> it's lovely. And I got a little tip. This is a little tip for hot chocolates. 
if you love drinking hot chocolate, try doing this because it is absolutely lovely. And I, I just did it like randomly one day, and I've, ever since I did it, I've not been able to stop doing it. So what I do is, I buy this really cheap hot chocolate from Aldi. It's like 99p for a big tub of it, and it actually tastes really nice on its own. Because all you're supposed to do is add water to it, and it tastes really nice. But what I did one day was, whilst the kettle was boiling, I poured some milkshake into the hot chocolate powder, and I mixed it up into like a paste. And I, it must have been about, maybe about a sixth of the cup had this milkshake in it. I mixed it up with the powder, and then when, when the kettle had boiled, I poured it in, and it just tastes lovely. And it makes it go all frothy as well. It, it, but it just tastes lovely. So you could... I've done it with strawberry, banana, chocolate fudge and chocolate flavoured milkshake. I think the one that is the most powerful is the banana. So banana isn't my favourite milkshake. But when you mix it up with hot chocolate, you have this really nice like aftertaste. So as you're drinking it, you you can taste the hot chocolate but you can... You can sort of taste the banana in the background, and it just tastes lovely. The strawberry one was nice as well. That The strawberry one reminds me of something I used to eat as a child, which was, I think it's called Napoleon ice cream, where you get like vanilla, strawberry and chocolate ice cream. It That, when you mix strawberry with, when you mix strawberry milkshake with hot chocolate, it tastes like that ice cream, so that's a nice one. And then the chocolate fudge one, and the chocolate one, it, that one's, even though that is my favourite flavoured um, milkshake, it's the least impactful with a milkshake with a hot chocolate. <laughs> so I just thought I would add that in. It's like a little tip for. Did you did you hear that froth? So that froth is because of the milkshake, and it just it's lovely. It is now midnight. So just over 42 hours. So there's only like not even there's only five and a half hours to go. <clears throat> five and a half hours? No, it's not. It's yeah, it is five and a half. It's five and a half hours. So there's five and a half hours to go, and I am really confused because I'm still not hungry. I'm not hungry at all. It's really weird. I have, I've been having little moments where I've been thinking about food, and I know it's going to be really nice when I do eat something, but it's not uncomfortable. It's not uncomfortable on the belly. It's not uncomfortable on the mind. It's just really weird. It's as if I have been eating. My, my belly is feeling a bit weird. Whenever I sit on this chair, my belly goes a bit weird, so maybe it's sitting on the chair that makes the belly rumble. Everybody rumble, everybody's rumble. But makes my belly rumble. Something I've noticed is I'm very sensitive to temperature at the minute, especially the cold. I seem to really feel the cold on my skin a lot more than normal. That's really the only thing I've noticed. My belly is a lot flatter, which is nice. It used to be fatter, and now it's flatter. <laughs> so, but that's it really. There's nothing else to say. I'm in. I'm going to go to bed now. So when I wake up, I'll be able to eat something, and I'm looking forward to that. I'm going to eat. I think I'm going to have a bowl of cereal. So it is now 50 hours. So I've managed to do the 48 hours, it's half past seven. I've just woken up, I'm gonna go back to sleep in a minute. But I, to be honest, I just wanted to have something to eat now. So I'm gonna have a bowl of cereal, and then I'm gonna go back to bed for a few hours before work. But basically, what I would say, well, last, last night, I had so many dreams about food. I kept dreaming about food, and also dreaming about stuff to do with like I suppose discipline or something and the thing is I remember writing my dreams down and I just woke up again because I'd had a load more dreams 
I went to write them down in my dream diary and I realised that the dreams I the dreams I had wrote down before, I hadn't wrote them down. I'd only wrote them down inside of the dream. So I'd had another false awakening, which means I haven't wrote down all those dreams. And I've forgotten them now, but I remember them being all about food and like discipline and stuff. And the weird thing is, I've woken up now and I've... Because I'm very... I suppose I'm proud of myself for having completed this challenge. It's also a lot easier than I thought, both physically and mentally. It wasn't that hard, and I could definitely do this again. But what it's done is it's it's made me... Well, I just did my automatic writing, and inside of that it basically said to me, you've proven you've got discipline to not eat for over 48 hours. But it then said, prove that you have discipline to not play video games. Because what happened was yesterday, I spent most of yesterday playing video games, which I haven't done for, well, months. And so I spent the whole day really just playing video games. And I've woken up thinking, I can't do that anymore. Like, what I wrote in the automatic writing was something like, I have to spend my time saving and creating, not spending and consuming. Because I've also spent quite a lot of money on video games. I've got, I've almost got addicted to playing video games. And I've just had this massive realisation of what's going on. And it's all because of this, having done this challenge, I've just, I guess it's, it's one of those things that when you do something that you think is going to be hard, when you do it, it, you start looking at every area of your life. So that's basically what's happened. But in terms of physically, I, I haven't really even had many belly rumbles. The only thing that's really noticeable is this coldness. Where my body feels very sensitive. The, the skin just feels super sensitive. Um, and I almost feel like sort of the shivery type thing. Um, but I did look into that just before going to bed and it turns out that it is actually something related to fasting where what they think is happening is your body is putting all of its attention onto your abdominal and so that's why the rest of your body feels a bit cool. It's trying to conserve energy because you're, cause it hasn't got enough fat. So that's quite interesting really but basically that is it. So the challenge is over, it's half past seven, it means it's 50 hours, and I'm very, very happy that I did it. I'm also really confused, and another thing that I'm going to really think about over the next few days is how I've definitely been eating way too much stuff, and I've definitely been eating when there was really no need to be eating. I was almost just eating for the sake of eating. And I also think I'm going to change my eating pattern. So I'm going to eat less things in the morning and use that time. Instead of eating, I'll use that time to do something productive like studying or reading and stuff. But that's another thing. is It's amazing how much time you save by not eating. So I've worked it out. It must be like about three hours a day is spent eating or like cooking and preparing food and stuff so it's it's just it's been quite revealing really and i definitely recommend doing it because you will feel you will definitely feel lots of new feelings and you will end it questioning a lot of things that's definitely what's happened to me and if i can now give up these video games because it's weird it's like i am definitely video games are definitely going to be the one thing that either break or make me <laughs> because I'm either going to end up falling into video games and spending the rest of my life playing video games which I don't want but then I don't think giving them up completely is the answer but I think it must be the answer at the moment it's really weird how I've woken up feeling like this but that's basically what's on my mind it's not food it's video games and I do see a similarity between them because with food, like you're eating sometimes just for the sake of eating. 
It's the same with video games. You're playing video games just for the sake of playing video games. So, but I thought how I would end this challenge is by making some cereal. is some pecan and maple crunch. It feels really weird to be eating again. It feels a little bit sad. I'll be honest, it does feel a little bit sad, like it's now going back to normal. Because it has been quite exciting not eating, but I'm going to get a piece of this. But it's now going into my mouth. swallow much on it. <laughs> I was more chewing on it. God, my throat feels weird now. Hell of a lot of flavours there. So that's it. 50 hours without eating and it was surprisingly easy but it's left me questioning other areas of my life which is very weird. I didn't expect that. So that's basically it. I'm going to go and finish this cereal now and then go back to bed. And I've recorded the rest of the podcast so I'll carry on now with the little art tip, the fascinating fact and the book book. hope you enjoyed that little experiment. <coughs> that means it's time for this week's fascinating fact. And the fascinating fact is linked in with fasting. And it's all to do with, it's, this is really, to me, this is, I can't even understand how this is possible, but a fascinating fact is, under extreme conditions, an adult can lose 1 to 1.5 litres of sweat per hour. I can't see how it's possible to sweat, like 1.5 litres of water in an hour. And the rest of this article talks about it's how many days can a person survive without water and I'll link to it in the show notes but I just found that amazing that little fact of how you can sweat one and a half litres of water so I thought that would make a good little <coughs> fascinating fact and you can find more in on the article but it's time for this week's book book and this week's book book is another children's book it's called The Twits by Roald Dahl and when I was little I read this book at school and I'd like totally forgot about this book and then must have been about a month ago I just had this this urge to read the book it just popped into my head and I ignored it and then and then about two weeks later it popped back again I ignored it again and then last week it popped back in and I thought if it keeps popping into my head then I've I might as well just read it. So I went to the library and managed to find it. And I read the book in, I think it was two days. And it was a really fascinating book. It's The book is about these two people, Mr and Mrs Twit. And they are basically like horrible, nasty people. And the book is about how horrible, nasty people will end up having horrible, nasty things happening to them which I think is a really nice little moral, but there's two pages in the book which I wanted to read out, and I just thought it was a really nice, it's a really nice message really for for kids to be reading, but I think it's a nice message for anyone to be reading, so the this little page is called Mrs Twit, and it's near the start of the book, and it's talking about Mrs Twit, and it says, Mrs Twit was no better than her husband. She did not, of course, have a hairy face. It was a pity she didn't because that at any rate would have hidden some of her fearful ugliness. Take a look at her and there's a little picture of her and she looks like a beast. (laughs) But this is weird because as I was reading it I was thinking I don't like the fact that they're saying somebody's ugly because 
what I was thinking was, just because you, you look like what people might think is ugly, doesn't mean you're ugly, but this is why I really love this piece, because it's talking, it turned me around, because it says, have you ever seen a woman with an uglier face than that? I doubt it. But the thing, the funny thing is that Mrs. Twit wasn't born this, wasn't born ugly. She had quite a nice face when she was young. The ugliness had grown upon her year by year as she got older. Why would that happen? I tell you why. And this is the bit I love. It says, if a person has ugly thoughts, it begins to show on the face. And when that person has ugly thoughts every day, every week, every year, the face gets uglier and uglier until it gets so ugly you can hardly bear to look at it. A person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. They can have a wonky nose and a, cro a crooked mouth and a double chin and sticked out teeth. But if you, if you have good thoughts, they will shine out your face like sunbeams. <laughs> sunbeams. And you will always look lovely. And I love that. So it doesn't, it doesn't matter if you are what people would consider ugly. If you are a nice person, in the end, people will see you for what you really are, not for what you look like. So I, I just thought that was really nice. The only thing I'm not sure about with this book is the ending. So little bits of spoilers, but what ends up happening is they, they end up being horrible to these like monkeys. And what happens is the monkeys end up coming together and they end up turning on the twits to make... What they do is they, the twits were making the monkeys stand on their heads. So the monkeys end up like making their house, turning their house upside down by sticking all the furniture and that to the ceiling. So then the twits come home and they end up sticking themselves to the ceiling. But what happens is... The twits end up basically melting and disappearing, and then the thing the thing is that it ends with the twits basically dying and everybody celebrating. And I wasn't sure about that because it sounded it felt a bit like evil because <laughs> I know they were they were horrible and like nasty, but they were still people. They were still people, and I feel like the book should have somehow. I, I, I would have liked it if it had somehow turned them into nice people instead of just killing them. It, I can't explain it, but something didn't feel right about that. But that's this week's book book anyway. It is The Twits. I don't think I finished the fascinating fact, did I? <laughs> that's the end of the fascinating fact and the book book. <laughs> it's time for the little Arctic. So this week's little art tip is something that I can't believe I haven't talked about yet and it's tortillions. So when I first started doing realistic pencil drawings I was using my finger to do the blending and I read somewhere that they said don't use your finger because of the oils it will smudge your, your drawings but I'd actually got quite good at blending with my fingers and so what happened was I started reading a book by Lee Hammond called Lifelike Portrait How to Draw Lifelike Portraits from Photographs or something like that <laughs> and I'll put a link in the show notes but it's probably one of the most important books I read for my like, drawing because in that book she introduced me to these things called tortillions all it is is it's a, like a sheet of paper rolled up into like a little shape of like a point. It's got like a point and then you can just blend with that point. Before that I'd use these things called stumps which are very similar but whereas these tortillions are like you can tell it's just paper rolled up with the stumps I think it's still made of paper but it's like all squashed together and it's really hard and I just couldn't get the stumps to work. So when she said about using tortillions, part of me thought, well, I used these stumps and I didn't, I didn't like them, so I'm probably not going to like these. But I still tried them, and 
for some reason they just work so much better and in I recommend it in that book because she because it comes with a DVD as well and she shows you how to do it but ever since I started using these tortillions my ability to blend just went so much better and I can't do any realist drawing without these tortillions now so my little art tip is to if you want to get really good at blending and doing realistic pencil drawings I highly recommend getting a load of tortillions and you can buy packs of 12 on Amazon for like a couple of quid and the thing is even the dirty ones because what happens is as you're using them they pick up like graphite and get a bit dirty so at some point they do become a bit smudgy so you have to use a new one but that dirty one that's got a bit smudgy you can now use it to do like special effects like making the background out of focus or you can even use it just to do like darker blends so even the dirty ones they still have a use so that's basically a little art tip is to invest in some tortillions or if nothing else try them just to see if because you might really like them you might not but I would say try everything. I like that. That's basically this week's podcast. You can find show notes and everything at sophielawson.com and that's basically it. So this week's inspirational quote, I'm going to rip the quote from that book, The Twits by Roald Dahl, and the quote is going to be, a person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. I like that. A person who has good thoughts cannot ever be ugly. By Roald Dahl.